Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn of the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio for, I think, what, maybe the first time this week, Ari? Is this the first time? Yeah, it is. All right, two thumbs up for my man Ari. He's behind the wheels of steel, making everything go. We definitely appreciate him, and we appreciate you, Raider Nation, and we're here with you for the next three hours. going to have a lot of fun. Got some really good guests coming up on the show today, and, of course, some really good conversation as we do each and every day, plus some giveaways, some multiple giveaways, and I know... JT just signed off a few minutes ago, and I'm hoping that he's actually not listening in his vehicle as he rolls out of here because he actually left a couple of tickets to uh, to the big music fest that we've been giving out uh, the tickets to, the three-day event that's going on in October. He actually left a couple pairs of tickets to that. So I'm going to hand out his tickets, and I'm going to hand out my tickets today. So actually, Ari, I'm going to double dip. So you're really going to be busy over there. On the phones is we're going to give out a, a pair of tickets to to the Music Fest sometime this hour, and then we'll do, say, in the 4 o'clock hour. How about that? So multiple hookups on the show today. I'm just feeling good, man. I'm in the studio, and look, I walk in the studio, and all of a sudden there's, there's gifts in front of me, right, that were just, again, not left on purpose, but I'll take them every once in a while. That's what I do. I actually did that one time <laughs> at a uh, at the music station I was working at when I was working in Fresno at Q97. We were giving out all kind of prizes, and we just had all kind of hookup. And the show before me, they were always real sloppy. And I'm not saying JT is, but they they were real sloppy, and they leave all their stuff laying behind when I come in the studio. And I'm like, well, hell, they left it behind. It's mine now. <laughs> I'm just saying. So uh, there you go. So Power Trip, you want to go to see Power Trip? You want to go to the three-day music fest with a bunch of really good artists? I'm going to give out tickets multiple times on the show. So I just want to go ahead and, and throw that out there and put that into the universe. So if you put it in the universe, it has to happen. So the first pair of tickets will come up this hour. Also coming up this hour, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920. He'll join us at 2.30. We'll talk all things State of the Raiders as OTAs got wrapped up today and there was no activities. They, uh, they canceled the last day as I expected they were going to. And that's it. That's it. It's about six weeks now before training camp happens. Everyone kind of goes off and does their own thing. Of course, they continue to work out on their own, but there are no more activities as far as uh, organized activities going on at the, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So there's, there's that six-week gap. So who knows uh, you know, what, what the Raiders look like, what the, the team looks like as far as the roster makeup looks like by the time they report back to training camp. There could be some tweaks here and there. Of course, we talked to Vic Tafer on the show yesterday, and he's expecting Marcus Peters to be signed sometime right before training camp or as soon as training camp opens up. So maybe that's a new addition that happens to the team. But we'll talk all things State of the Raiders with Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 2.30. Then at 3 o'clock, this is an interesting one. And I know already, I already know what the narrative is going to be because I've heard it one time today already. But uh, we have some in-studio guests, and they're the Twin Peaks girls. They're uh, actually going to be competing for Miss Twin Peaks, and they're going to be flying out to Nashville tomorrow. So we've known all week long that they were going to come in studio and basically talk about uh, the voting process. And uh, they actually have some events going on at Twin Peaks. And, of course, we're at Twin Peaks quite a bit. Uh, Lindsay 
from the morning tailgate's been there multiple times leading into the NBA final games and multiple other events. And Ari, you've been there uh, multiple times giving out prizes with our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. So they're going to come in and talk about the event that they got going on. So that's coming up at 3 o'clock. But it's so funny. We've already had the narrative in the building. In the building. Not by anyone outside the building. We've already had the narrative thrown our way that you guys are in studio today because the Twin Peak girls are coming in. And it's so funny, Ari. I had to get angry, and I was like, I'm a grown-ass man, right? <laughs> I'm a grown-ass man that's been to Twin Peaks and plenty of other places, plenty of other places. It ain't that serious. Yeah. It, it really ain't that serious. And, you know, they're, they're again, they're proud partners of ours, but, yeah, we've already heard that narrative, just throwing it out there. Yeah. Well, my narrative is uh, they might be bringing food, so. Right. That's actually. I came to work. <laughs> that's actually the highlight, and we saw DeMond in the hallway as he's uh, he's holding it down on Cofield and company. Saw him in the hallway, and he's like, hey, so uh, food's on the way? Right? I mean, like that. We you, got our priorities right. Right. You know real radio <laughs> guys. They're like, here. food or the Twin Peak girls? Oh, okay. They're bringing food? Great. It's a close second. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so they'll be in at 3 o'clock to talk about real quickly their event that they have going on, and uh, they will be bringing some of the fine food from uh, Twin Peaks over to the station and help feed everybody in the building, not just myself and Ari, but also DeMond and Cofield and company and, and others that are around the building. So uh, they'll come in at 3 o'clock. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, he'll join us at 3.30. Excited about this conversation. He put a, a, a piece out yesterday on ESPN.com. I saw it pretty late last night. Uh, him and Jeff Passan from ESPN, they, they collaborated on it basically – because of this whole situation with the A's. And I've been very vocal. I know JT's been very vocal about the A's and their quest to end up here in Vegas. And I've been telling anyone who's anyone that I'll believe it when I see it. And, well, after last night, I, I pretty much had to say, well, <laughs> I, uh, I guess it's just about a done deal. Uh, the A's released a statement on the passing of SB1 and the Nevada State Legislature. They said, tonight we thank the members of Nevada State Legislature and their staff for their hard work, due diligence, and attention to details we work to bring the athletics to Vegas. We're especially grateful for the legislator's time, dedication, shepherding this bill through the process, including special sessions. We look forward to Governor Lombardo's signature as the next step. Yada, 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 yada. But a lot of people in the outside world look at it and say, oh, yeah, they're just you know following the Raiders to Vegas or they're just doing this and they're, they're going to Vegas. And they're basically making it sound like, Ari, that it's all equal, like everything was the same, right? The Raiders moved to Vegas in the A's, and it's not. It's, it's, it's everything but equal, right? It's totally different how both organizations end up in Vegas. Of course, the Raiders are already here established themselves. The Golden Knights were born here. The Aces came from San Antonio. They're here. But the A's, their whole situation is completely different, and so I really appreciated the piece that Paul and Jeff Passan put out on ESPN.com because it, it – it compares and contrasts and basically lets it be known. And we've been saying it for the longest time. I've been saying it for the longest time. I know JT's been very vocal about it. They basically, the A's bullied their way to stay in there at the Coliseum. They basically squatted on, on the Coliseum grounds and, and made sure that they were the only, only game in town that was really going to have an opportunity to, to get anything done there. And so then all of a sudden, it didn't work out there. It didn't work out in Fremont. It didn't work out in San Jose. It didn't work out at Howard Terminal. I mean, like, they have all these different great brand ideas that they're going to do. And then it just goes, to, it goes down the toilet, right? And so now all of a sudden, them and their ter terrible ownership has made a, a, a move and a play to get out here, which they're obviously going to end up doing. I, even as an A's fan of the team, the players, <laughs> the players, let's, let's get that correct, the players, not ownership, not front office, none of that. I love what the fans did the other night when they had the, the reverse boycott. I loved it. 27,000 fans out there. That shows how much passion there is for that team. It's just that there's no passion for those guys that are putting the team out there on the field. 
and the way that they've been just jobbing the fans that go out there by, by putting a piss-poor product out there and not even trying to invest in your product. Like, there's one thing I can tell you. I'm not the best businessman, I'll tell you that right now, but the one thing I know is invest in yourself, invest in your product. If you don't invest in your product, and you know, hell, how, how much music did you yeah, produce? All that. Here, too. Right. You got you yeah. to invest in what you do, right? And if you won't, then no one else will, that's for sure. Exactly. And so they have not invested in their product to even try to put something out there that was a good product for the fans that did go out there. And then when they pulled that reverse boycott, they were all out there, 27,000, sell the cool. team's shirts on. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was well done. And so not, not, uh, not a coincidence that one day later, all of a sudden, uh, everything, <laughs> everything goes through smooth sailing through the legislator here in Nevada. So we'll have Paul on to kind of compare and contrast and break down that article from ESPN.com. Again, I thought they did a really good job. So I and, and no point you will hear me celebrate them headed to Vegas. You will not hear me celebrate. People ask me all the time because they know I'm an A's fan. I, I make no bones about it. I was a fan of every single team that played in the same parking lot. The A's, the Raiders, and the Warriors. And unfortunately, for the fans, none of them are there. None of them are going to be there. That's unfortunate. The Warriors, they hightailed it across the Bay. Anyone from the Bay Area, and especially the East Bay, knows that that's like a cardinal sin number one is going across the Bay, going across the bridge, turning San Francisco into home when you were in Oakland. That's one thing. Raiders obviously here, and the A's, they're trying to pack up their uh, moving truck and head this way too, right? So we'll talk to Paul Gutierrez coming up. At 3.30. 4 o'clock, Tyler Dragon from USA Today. He'll join us just to talk all things NFL. Uh, he's got a sharp mind, and he talks to a lot of people across the league, so we'll talk about every storyline that's going on in the NFL. We'll do that at 4 o'clock with Tyler Dragon from USA Today. And then 4.30, Bobby Marks, NBA front office insider from ESPN. Uh, he'll join us to talk all things NBA as, yeah, the finals are done, but this is really when it gets hot and heavy when it comes to the NBA. Next week, you got the draft. We know who's going number one to San, San Antonio. But it gets squirrely after number two. We heard about the reports of possibly seeing a guy like Zion Williamson moved from the Pelicans. They want to get into the top five. I'll tell you this, just from an NBA fan standpoint, I don't see how you get into the top five by trading Zion. Because if I'm a team in the top five, I wouldn't trade for that guy who's always injured. He's never available. He's great when he's out there, but how often? How, how many? All right, if I ask you right now, how many games is Zion going to play next year? What would you say? It's 82-game season. How many games do you think he's going to play 82. next year? <laughs> well, nobody plays 82. I mean, yeah, we're, what, maybe half the way things have, have looked with Maybe. Him? Yeah. Maybe. It's, it's rough. But he's also got all that drama surrounding him, which I know it is. Yeah, and I don't even care about relevant, that. Like, but hey, it kind man, of that's is, just, though. I mean, it's relevant to him because it, that's going to be his. Exactly. It's a distraction. It's his distractions. Kind of right, so, exactly. Yeah, that's on him. Not so. looking. You injure yourself. He's got to go. do that. But, I mean, San Antonio, you know they're going to get Wimbanyana. So that's the number one overall pick. There, there's no question there. So the draft starts at number two, which is next Thursday, by the way. Charlotte, then Portland, then Houston, then Detroit. That's, those are the, the two through five. I don't see a team there crazy enough to trade for Zion and say, yeah, we'll give up this draft pick. There might be. Like Freddie Coleman told me last night, it only takes one team, Q. One team, one coach that believes, oh, I can fix him. He'll be, he'll be healthy with our team. Okay. So we'll talk to Bobby Marks about all storylines in the NBA. Could Dame Lillard be on the move? Could Zion be on the move? When's the suspension for John Morant going to come down? There's a lot of different storylines, right? Fred Van Vliet, where can he end up as a free agent? What's Miami going to do? Can Denver repeat? We'll, we'll d- deep dive into all these NBA storylines coming up with Bobby Marks, NBA front office insider from ESPN. So as you can tell, we're, rock, we're, 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 we're locked and loaded. We're going to be rocking and rolling. 
Vinny Bonsignor at 2.30, Twin Peaks Girls in studio at 3 o'clock, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN at 3.30, Tyler Dragon, USA Today at 4, and Bobby Marks, NBA Front Office Insider, will join us at 4.30. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now there was a couple different directions that I wanted to go for the opening drive until, I don't know, maybe within the last hour or so because I'm starting to see this article get a lot of a lot of traction. So because I saw this article get a lot of traction, I decided I'd pay a little bit of attention to it and, and talk about it just a little bit when I really was kind of just going to let it, you know, Fall, roll off my backside and not even worry about it. And this is an article in the RJ, and we'll ask Vinny Bonsignor about it when he joins us at 2.30, conveniently. Uh, it's about Derek Carr. It says, Derek Carr says, Raiders didn't get my best last season. And it's a really pretty lengthy article about him talking to the media there in New Orleans and just saying that, you know, he feels bad for the coaches and the fans because he didn't put his best work out there in 2022. And at first, when I read that headline, I was like, yeah, well, that's what Derek Carr always says. Right, he always says it's on me, it's on me. I mean, we we've been there, done that. We know, right? It's been nine years. We know what what he would say. But as I started really deep diving into the article, a little bit, a, a little expert here, a little excerpt here, uh, caught my attention. They just didn't get my best, and that drove me crazy at the end of the year because I felt so spread out in so many different ways. That's what caught my attention right there, being spread out in so many different ways. Because I'm a guy that has about fifty jobs. I feel like. Right. So if anyone knows about kind of being spread out or being spread out thin, I get it. He said uh, he said this during minicamp last week. He said, I just didn't feel like myself and I feel bad for the Raiders coaches and players. He he car car self-described regression in 2022 wasn't a matter of effort or desire, he said. Rather, it came down to his approach to a mix of professional and personal challenges, which he regrets, but from which he's also grown. So I paused there and that's what really stood out to me. So with that being said, and look, I don't know what was going on in his personal life, and that's not my business. That's his personal life. He decided to keep it private in this conversation. He didn't, you know, say what it was that was going on, and that's fine. Again, not a problem. Everyone has their personal lives, and some choose to share it, and some don't. And whatever you do is perfect. And I'm not here to do a show and try to bash DC at all, you know, because it could have been as personal as he just wasn't feeling the love. I don't know. I mean, it could it could have been anything. But bottom line, out of his mouth, not mine. He didn't feel like the team and the, the, the coaches and the other players got his best efforts. So I just simply ask you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r does that change anything for you? When you look back at the 2022 season and realize the Raiders went 6-11, and there's a lot of calls throughout the course of the season. There's a lot of reasons why. Derek Carr's regressed. Derek Carr's not this. Derek Carr's not that. They're not letting them change the plays at the line of scrimmage. There was a lot of different narratives that were out there. And I'm not saying that any of them were wrong, right? Again, I'm not here to beat up on a guy. I'm not here to defend anybody. But I just want to know, when you hear out of his mouth that the team didn't get his best for one reason or the other, whatever that is, his personal feelings, does that change how you look at what happened last season? Do you start to say, okay, maybe it was a collaborative effort why they went 6-11. and 11. Or do you say, no, this is, it wasn't D.C.'s fault. It was Josh McDaniel's fault. Or it was the offensive line's fault. Or it was the defense's fault. You know what I mean? Like, how do you kind of put in perspective the 2022 season when you hear the guy that was the starting quarterback for 14 out of 16 games, or 15 out of 17, excuse me, 
that he didn't put his best effort out there for one reason or the other. And obviously we know he was learning a new offense. So that's obviously going to be a little bit to it. But he's also been there and done that a few times. I actually, it's funny, when I was reading this, Ari, I expected him in 2022 to take a step back. If you look at his track record, every single year he has a new offensive coordinator, and unfortunately he's had too many of them. He's taken a step back. He always has to build himself up to get him getting better. It's like he takes a step back, then he bounces up. So I actually expected him to take a step back. But it sounds like from what he said, again, his words, not mine, that he didn't expect to take a step back like that. He expected more out of himself. And that's why I talk about it. Because, again, this is the words from him. Not the words for Q. Not the words from Ari. Not the words from Vinny. This is from him. Right? So that's why I asked, do you feel like that that changes your feelings on the overall season that the Raiders had in 2022? Ultimately, though, no matter what, Ari, you got a mic. You can just tell me who it is. It's not a problem. It's, it wasn't a good enough season. No matter who you point the finger at or no, no matter how you feel about it, obviously six wins is not good enough, right? I mean, that's, that's the bottom line, the very bottom line. But, again, there's sometimes you look at things and, and you, you understand things, and you might understand it a little bit better. And maybe when you hear about the, the, the trigger man, Derek Carr, saying what he's saying now, maybe things, like I said, start to feel a little bit different or, or maybe even a little bit more clear to you. And that's the only reason I ask. Again, not throwing shade at anyone. What's done in 2022 is obviously done in 2022. There's six weeks before 2023 really starts rolling as training camp is about, like I said, six weeks away. But I do want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And since Ari doesn't have a piece of paper that he can write it down, and I want him to go ahead and tell me who's, uh, <laughs> who's on the phone so I can. Uh, gangster Raiders. Gangster, there gangster. We Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? Hey, what's happening, Q? Hey, I'm not surprised at all because if you'll remember in the um, preseason before the game, I had put um, money for um, D.C. to win yep. MVP because yep. it was 40 to 1 odds or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I thought he was, I thought McDaniel was going to unlock him. You know what I'm saying? Remember? Mm-hmm. And I thought yeah. Devontae Adams, I thought he was going to break out and be all world. But I told you, I went to that opening. They opened up out here in L.A. Yeah. I went to the game out here in L.A. and I saw personally. Derek Carr throw three interceptions mm-hmm. and had two fumbles. That's five turnovers by itself. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So he looked totally lost to me, and it wasn't the Derek Carr I expected. So I hopped off the bandwagon in immediately. Matter of fact, I also had tickets to go to the next game, the opener, which was against Arizona. But after I went to that Charger game, I told him, I'm like, dang, he looked like feces you know what i'm saying yeah, so yeah I, I sold my tickets to the cardinal game didn't end up going we ended up losing that game and to make a long story short i saw how he looked in that first game and now that he comes out and says that it makes sense to me now because that's what i saw in that first game it seemed like he wasn't even trying i'm like i thought with your boy your best friend your high school college receiver being right there mm-hmm. i thought just that yeah would put put some fire up on you but i saw none of that at the opener. And matter of fact, the uh, most disheartening part of the whole game to me was after the game. I saw kids that was that went to the game with Derek Carr jerseys on. They was taking off their Derek Carr jerseys and putting on Justin Herbert t shirts after the game. <laughs> For real. No Damn. no BS. Damn. No BS. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, that hurt my heart. You know what I'm saying? As a diehard Raider fan from you know, from they was in Oakland the first time. You know how long I've been a Raider fan. Yeah. So Facts. that really hurt my heart. But to hear Derek Carr say that it kind of explains to me, I mean, it kind of, because I had that feeling after that watching that first game, I'm like, wow, 
this guy doesn't look like anything like I thought he was going to look. And so to him to, see, to him to say that stuff in the article, it makes sense to me because I saw that. I saw that in his play at game one. And not even to mention the Rams game because them the only two games I went to last year hmm. was the Charger game and the Rams game out here in L.A. And you know what happened in the Rams game, right? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to hear him say this in his article, it just validates everything that I already thought about him. And, you know, I, 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 feel, I hope he feels – feels it bad as he should feel very bad because you know he had the perfect opportunity to set himself up as one of the elite quarterbacks in the league and for him to admit that he didn't show up that's on him and i'm glad we got rid of him it validates everything and it makes me feel good that he's no longer with our organization and i look forward to the jimmy g era beginning as soon as possible because we should have moved off him three or four years ago if you ask me and i'm right. just keeping a gangster i'm gone Th- hey thank you for the call good stuff and, and and that's what that's what i'm asking right again it's not a it's not a bash session i'm not trying to i'm not trying to knock the guy down look he's moved on the raiders have moved on but it's just again a little bit of clarity when i'm reading this article and just taking it in for what it's worth again out of his his mouth not mine right it's not interpretation for someone else this is what he had to say so that's why we bring it to the table and ask the question 702-365-9200 all right who's up next 918 raider 918 raider tell me something good what's on your mind what's up you how are you i'm blessed man i'm blessed um man i uh i watched last year with like a, a lot of anticipation uh, bringing in Devonte. uh really thought with uh, mcdaniel it was going to uh, with Renfro, uh, with Renfro and um, uh, Waller, every all these pieces there, I really thought that it was just uh, I, we should have had so much more production. Mm-hmm. And you look at so many different games; it seemed like Carr almost was handcuffed in some ways, but also like he would make some really bad decisions. So it was really, really the lines were blurred on whose fault they were. Were these bad play calls? Mm-hmm. Or were they bad decisions? And we've also seen, you know, right. uh, we there's there's plenty of uh, plays out there, lists out there, apart missing open receivers or throwing five yards short when uh, we got people in the end zone on game on the line. Whatever it is, car's gone. Uh, there's there's no getting them back. But uh, Stidham again, I think I brought this up in the past. Stidham's gone. It's like right. uh, where where are we going? It it doesn't. When you see him with a smile on his face and uh, you're trying to add everything up from an outsider's perspective, it's just not adding up. So um, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I really hope uh, – what's, uh, what's that number? The dude that looks like uh, Farva with the mustache. From the oh, oh, Aiden uh, O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, I really – I've watched a lot. I, I've watched a lot of tape on him. He manipulates the pocket really well. Uh, but, again, like I don't want to bet our season on that dude. Right. Uh, and, like, I think somebody brought it up earlier. If we could have, like, a resurgence with uh, the old Jimmy G like Stabler did, then that would be uh, the best-case scenario. But I don't know, man. Uh, with Carr and the whole uh, thing, you could tell with the, the body language. Like, he wanted to be accepted by McDaniel so much. Uh, and it just, it just never – I don't know. I thought it was Carr. I thought it was McDaniels. It would go back and forth almost every game. Right. But whenever McDaniel's making mistakes like not putting uh, uh, Jacobs as the main running back until like what the sixth game of the season, and he still led the season, he led the league in record or in yards. Like, right. Like, uh, what other mistakes are they making like that? You know, or like I don't. Yeah. I really want to believe in McDaniel's, but man, it's it's really pushing it. 
Right. I got you. Hey, good stuff. Good stuff. And that's the thing. Like, I know there's plenty of blame to go around. I don't want it to be, you know, taken out of context and think that I'm putting all the, the, the pointing the fingers at number four only. I'm, I'm definitely not. I think there was plenty of blame to go around. Right. You could sit there and say this was a mistake. This was a mistake. This was a mistake. Again, just kind of looking and focusing in on the fact that what Derek had to say about, you know, the, the Raiders, the fans, the coaches, the players not getting his best. In 2022, let's get one more call in before we get to Vinny Bonsignor. How about Nick right here in Vegas? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Nick? Hey, Q. Thanks for taking my call, man. Yes, sir. Uh, how you doing? How you doing, man? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Great, great. So, uh, you know, I originally called in to like, you know, give Derek some love and say that, you know, hey, we got to remember this is a man and he's being honest with us, so we mm-hmm. need to appreciate that. But the last couple callers really made some good points about, and I just want to represent that fan out there that's kind of been in the middle. I've been in the middle on Derek for, uh, since, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a Vegas Raiders fan. I'm not an Oakland fan. Right. No offense to the Oakland people. I got love for them. But what I'm saying is like, I, I came into this with open eyes and an open heart for Derek and, and I, I still love him and I will love him in the future. And I respect him because he's a player, Yep. but, and I called because I wanted to say, I respect him for being a man and standing up and being honest about his feelings and his heart and his play. But, the last two callers made really good points, man. I think what's important for everybody to realize is that a lot of Raiders fans put a lot of hate and a lot of shade onto the coaching staff and other people because of kind of the things that some of the things that happened, like in the Saints game and some other games that occurred. And I think we all need to sort of take this in and absorb it with everything else we've heard and seen about the Raiders. And I've been to a lot of games. You've been to all of them. Like yep. we need to think about this and what it means now. And, and be open to the fact that, hey, Derek's honest with us, and we need to appreciate that. But also compare that to some of the other quarterbacks we see week in and week out in the, in the NFL and, and what they put on the field and how much blood they squirt on that grass, man. And uh, I don't know, man. It, it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit, but I appreciate that he was honest with us. Um, but we got we to gotta take this in some perspective about – I don't know how you feel, but like I, I, I appreciate that he was honest with us, but mm-hmm. I, I, I just – I don't know. It breaks my heart a little bit, but I'm glad that he told us the truth. There you go. Nick, great call, man. Thanks thanks so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on the appreciate the fact that he was honest. You know, hey, and look, and that's how it is sometimes. Sometimes you don't put your best work out there. Sometimes you're not the best person that you're supposed to be. And a lot of times you want to point the finger, and I don't mean you. I mean just anyone in general wants to point the finger and say, yeah, I wasn't my best because Ari didn't do this or because DeMond didn't do this or because our sales guy insinuated this or something like that. Instead, nah, you know what? I just didn't have a show, good show because Q didn't have a good show. Sometimes it's okay to just admit things. So I could definitely appreciate the fact that he admitted that, yeah, he wasn't on his A game. He, was, he did not give them the best, the coaches or the players, especially Ari. And go ahead and let's chime in, then we'll get to Vinny Bonsignor. Especially when he says the coaches and players, not just the coaches. I can understand if maybe he didn't see eye to eye, get along. But those are your brothers. Those are the guys out there on the field. So if they didn't get your best, that's something That's something that stands out to me. I was just going to say, didn't you say the other day uh, there's a difference between excuses and reasons? Yep. Sounds like you got a lot of excuses, but... Right. And again, so. not trying to make this a bash fest. Just I, I could appreciate the honesty, uh, but it just it kind of, you know, puts it a, puts into perspective that what it looks like from the outside or even, you know, me who feels like I'm a little bit closer to the inside than than as being on the outside. It doesn't always tell the whole story. And sometimes you just have to wait until you learn the whole story. So I ask you six, nine, one, eight, seven keyword R and R. So don't be broke dot com text line. Let us know. 
Does Derek Carr coming out and saying that the Raiders players and coaches didn't get his best in 2022 for multiple reasons on the field and off the field, does that change your perspective on the season at all? Or maybe it doesn't. Let me know about it. Again, hit us a text, 69187, keyword r Vinny Bonsignor joins us next. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. If you were deserted on a desert island with one teammate, who would it be? Chris Smith. He's from Georgia. I'm from Florida. We're not supposed to like each other, but we came in and keep it real. We like brothers now. So, JB, so far, who's the funniest dude in the rookie class? Amari Bernie. He said that you and Amari are the funniest guys on the team. Would you agree with that? I would agree that I'm the freshest. I don't know about being funny. I don't make jokes. He made jokes. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines from the Review Journal. Of course, the morning tailgate right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I definitely appreciate you. We started off the show talking about an article that I read in the RJ. Derek Carr says Raiders didn't get my best last season. It goes into detail about what he means by that. Talking about issues, trying to learn a new offense, obviously, trying to learn Coach McDaniel's system. But then he also had personal issues that he remained private with, which is fine. But let it be known that a lot of the issues were on him because he just didn't give the team and his and his coaches and his players, his, his teammates, his best. When you see that article, what 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 goes through your mind? Well, um, it's it's interesting that uh, that they came out, um, you know, and 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 he didn't play his best, and, and that's really uh, indisputable. You know, um, I know a lot of people point to the fact that hey, the Raiders had the 12th best offense in the NFL last year. How could you how could you get rid of a quarterback, um, you know, or move on from a quarterback who just you know oversaw the 18th or the 12th ranked offense in the NFL? 12th offense in the off, uh, offense in the NFL looks good on paper. But not so good when you consider that as of October 25th of last season, the Raiders were third in the NFL in scoring mm. offense. They were averaging 27.3 points per game, I think it was. They fell to 12th because the whole operation, and, and that included the quarterback, didn't play as well in the second, in, you know, over November and December. So it was a four-point, over-four-point drop-off from the end of October to the end of the season. And really when, when Derek you know, finally uh, got benched after that Christmas game, in Pittsburgh, so you know when you're when you're looking at it as uh, you know, him saying that he didn't deliver his best, he didn't, and there were a lot of interceptions too uh, over those two months, and and including you know just a really bad stretch of games in December uh, that that he just wasn't playing good. And I'll I'll take it a step further. You go back to 2021, it was almost the same exact situation. The Raiders were 10th in the league uh, in scoring, uh, just over 25 points per game on October 25th of 2021, and then they finished 18th in the league in scoring uh, at, at 22 points a game, I think it was. It was about a three-point uh, uh, drop-off. So those are two straight years where when the Raiders needed to be playing their best football and the quarterback needed to be playing his best football and the offense needed to be playing its best football, they came up short. In fact, they digressed over the course of the season. So um, it makes a lot of sense that he would say that because that is the truth of the matter. And, you know, it... it it, it led to the Raiders making that decision to say, look, need to reset at quarterback, um, need to move on from, from uh, uh, Derek Carr. And you, you also have to understand, everyone needs to understand that the extension that he signed didn't go into effect or wasn't going to go into effect until this season. Right. He played last year on 
the last year of that contract that he signed, I think it was 2017, somewhere about there, with a, with a, a little bit of a, of a pay raise, I think a couple million dollars pay raise. But the bulk of that contract extension was going to go into play this year. And the Raiders, after watching him basically, uh, as he admitted, not give them the, 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 the best of himself uh, last year, decided that they weren't going to move forward with him, especially at the number that they were going to have to pay him. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. So that was on Derek Carr, and that was what he had to say, and that was in the RJ a little earlier. And really, one more little nugget on that. The thing that stood out to me the most about the whole article is when he said, I just didn't feel like myself, and I feel bad for the Raiders' coaches and players because I can understand not seeing eye-to-eye with the coaches. That's how it goes down. But I have a real hard time with him not seeing eye-to-eye or not being on the same page or giving his all for the players, including Devontae Adams. Yeah, and and I would hope that he didn't quite mean it as he wasn't trying his hardest. He just didn't give his just best. Just didn't perform, right. For whatever reason, um, you know, and, and sometimes when you're dealing with stuff, you know, on the field, off the field, uh, you know, subconsciously, you know that 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 contributes to to the effort that you're that you're or or the your performance level. I don't think it was ever a effort level, not with Derek Carr for sure. Right. Uh, but for whatever reason, um, it, it led to a uh, a fall off in performance, and and really that ended up being his demise with the Raiders. Yeah, it really did. And so that was again that was that, and and that was just the article that stood out to me earlier. So now let's fast forward to the team that matters, the team that we just saw get wrapped up with OTAs. Now there's going to be about a six week window before training camp gets uh, gets going. Where do you think the state of the team is right now? You've seen the roster. We've seen practices, you know, somewhat for a few weeks now. Uh, where do you think they stand right now as they're heading into this little break before training camp? Yeah, I think they're really locked in on this particular group. Uh, there might be, you know, some additions. Uh, you know, I know that there's some talk out there about Marcus Peters. I wouldn't go so far as to say that that, that, that signing is likely, uh, but, but, but I do believe that the Raiders, there's the potential that the Raiders are going to revisit that. Uh, at some point. On the other hand, I think they, they like what they saw in that cornerback room uh, during, during OTAs and, and minicamp, at least enough to, to maybe roll with that uh, group uh, and, see, and see where this group uh, can, can take it. You know, there's, there's a lot of intrigue about Jacorian Bennett. Duke Shelley was flashing uh, during minicamp. Um, you know, Brandon Faison is a guy that, that I believe they feel uh, is sort of not a diamond in the rough, but somebody that's going to be able to contribute. Nate Hobbs uh, being back on on track, you know, Meek Robertson uh, getting things turned around in his career uh, last season. Um, you know, Sam Webb, uh, who mm-hmm. they, there's a lot of intrigue about. Uh, so I think they, they they feel good about where they are, um, really across the board, at least enough to say, let's lock in on this group um, and see if this group and give this group an opportunity in training camp to show that the best version, the best 53-man roster uh, for the Raiders in 2023 exists within this building right now. I don't know, you know that, you could, that you could safely say that there's not going to be any moves. That's pretty unrealistic. I would imagine in training camp, after training camp, when cuts happen, all sorts of things, play, more players become available, there might be some additions. But I really do get the sense that they, they like what they have and they want to give this group an honest effort to be the best 53 uh, that they roll into the season with. And, Vinny, you had an opportunity to be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center when the Raiders' assistant coaches spoke. I wasn't there. I had some meetings I had to be at here at the radio station, and there was a kind of an odd exchange between Chris Ash and, and a couple of the reporters out there when they were talking about Trayvon Merrick and Nate Hobbs. What was your read on that? Yeah, um, it just felt like uh, uh, Chris Ash just didn't want to revisit um, last year uh, very much. That was a sense uh, that that I got. And you know, and 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 sometimes 
you know, um, maybe how questions are asked or how questions are interpreted. I don't think there was any insinuation, that, you know, basically we heard what Chavon Merrick said last week. He never mm-hmm. felt settled. Right. Um, and, I, and, I, and, and maybe as a coach, if you hear that and you don't know what the true context is, because I don't know if that he heard what Javon Merrick said and the reasons behind what he said or what we wrote or what we talked about on air, but I don't, I don't think that Trayvon was implying at all that he wasn't um, feeling on solid ground with what the coaches were trying to teach. I just felt like he felt between the injury and between learning another new defense his fourth and four years he just never felt settled. And so I could understand from Coach Ash's perspective when you get asked that question that maybe it's like are in his head, are, are you questioning my coaching? Like, right. is that what we're, yeah. where we're going with? And so um, I don't think that – I think if, if we had to do it all over again and, and maybe, you know, have a, a, a real talk – uh, with him, it wasn't that wasn't the implication, but I could see how he might take it that way. Right? No, it just it seemed a little weird. I was listening yeah. to it. Matter of fact, you you sent the audio over, and I appreciate it. I was listening to it. And I just I had a weird sense, right? I really didn't know what to take from it, so I was like, okay, well, I guess it is what it is. But you know, regarding Trayvon Merrick, and of course, there's six weeks before training camp gets started. What do you what do you think that the Raiders coaches need to see from him during training camp? Aggressiveness, ball hawk, confidence. Um, you know, playing with, uh, with, 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 with a level of, hey, uh, it's okay to go take, not a risk. We don't want to, you know, I don't think they want to use that kind of a term, like, like uh, you know, uh, uh, make risky moves, but be confident in going to make plays. And, you know, I know Dave Ziegler has talked about this. Josh McDaniels has talked about this. Uh, forcing turnovers. And, and one of the ways you force turnovers, and, and, and Q, you're on the sidelines with me watching practice all the time, mm-hmm. it's not just balls that – fortuitously come to you. It's sometimes making a play on a ball and being confident to, to, to not just want to bat the ball down or not just want to cover your assignment, but you know what? The ball is in the air. I could go get it. And, and I think that they, they know that it's in there with Trayvon. And, and I think, you know, I asked him about that uh, when we, when we talked, to him, talked to him about that, about getting back to that aggressive nature because he showed that in college. Um, that was one of the things that stood out about him yeah. in, in college. And I think that a more confident Trayvon Merrick could be uh, somebody that's more aggressive in terms of making those types of plays. So uh, I think from the Raiders' perspective, that's absolutely what they want to see from him and everybody else in that secondary. Uh, Go make a play. Go get your hand on the ball. Go come up with the ball. Uh, because it's something that they've been lacking for a long, long time. Uh, and and, And there's no nobody wins a Super Bowl with a defense that doesn't force turnovers. You look historically right. mm-hmm. uh, at, at who's winning football games. It's teams that create turnovers and take care of it on the other side of the ball. Yeah, there's no doubt. They've got to be able to do that. Something I've been talking about quite a bit here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor. So, again, training camp, six weeks away. Jimmy G, Tyree Wilson, are those guys going to be available to go? I mean, I, I haven't heard that they're not, and I – and. Um, you know, I think we would have heard something along those lines, like uh, you know, oh, the date date's getting pushed back, or it's not looking good for for training camp. I think right now they're just being as careful as they possibly uh, can with both players because both players um, are being counted on to produce this year. Uh, obviously, with the quarterback in Jimmy G, but uh, Tyree as well. He's somebody that you know, when you're the seventh pick in the draft and you have uh, the type of skill set that that Tyree has you're being counted on to contribute right away. And I don't think there's any reason to jeopardize that, obviously, 
during OTAs and, 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 and minicamp. But I do think there's an expectation that they're going to be out there in training camp. Yeah, it's going to be uh, that, that's going to be a, I think very competitive. It feels like. I mean, again, you're out there. I'm out there. Uh, we only got to see so much. But Vinny, and we'll we'll wrap up with this. It feels like this training camp is going to be very competitive, and there'll maybe some surprises when it comes down to the final 53 man roster or even the depth chart. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's there's talent out there, and that's why. You know, after getting a look at it uh, ourselves, um, I know that it all has to be quite answered, you know, on the field. Uh, but but I, I I don't I don't believe that there's reason to to feel despair about this defense. I actually think there's talent on this defense. It just needs to obviously come together. And guys like Nate Hobbs and Devon Divine Diablo and and Chavon Merrick and Tyree and uh, we we know you know. Uh, uh, what they're going to get out of out of Max Crosby, but but some of those younger players that are now transitioning into year two, year three, in Ty- Tyree's case, a, a rookie, um, there, there's reason to to think that they can take steps forward. And if that does happen, uh, there there's definitely uh, a, a game changing aspect uh, defensively. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, but the competitiveness that you're that you're talking about, uh, I think, is going to create a healthy deep deeper roster than, than, than maybe we've seen here for a while uh, with the Raiders because we talk about the starting jobs, and obviously that's really important, but as, a, as it relates to the defense, and really offensively too, when you're talking about some of those weapons that they have, um, you know, guys are going to be called on to contribute in a rotation, uh, roles, schematically, packages, all those types of things. We know how football is in that regard. Uh, and, and, you know, even though I think the starters are going to benefit from, the, uh, from getting pushed, I think the depth should mm-hmm. uh, benefit a, as well. So when guys come in there to spell a Max Crosby, to spell a Chandler Jones, to spell a Bilal Nichols um, or whoever that other, uh, you know, starting defensive tackle is and linebacker and cornerback and all that, um, and, and when they get into five deep in cornerbacks and nickels and dime coverage and third safeties, uh, that that there's there's not going to be much drop off or there shouldn't be much drop off. Um, that again, it has to happen on the field. But looking at it, um, there, there's reason to believe that 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 could absolutely be the case. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It will. I'm, I'm looking forward to some competition at training camp. But again, it's six weeks away, so uh, you know, in the meantime, in between time, we sit there and we talk about, we think about, and we um, you know speculate, I guess, on what it could look like, and we'll find out sooner rather than later. Vinny, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, uh, I'm going to be doing a breakdown. Uh, it's going to be running on Sunday on what we learned uh, about okay. the Raiders uh, during minicamp and, and OTAs. They, they put a lot of work in. We were out there. We got a chance to see quite a bit of it and talk to a lot of people. Um, where are they and, and you know, what, uh, what, you, what we gleaned from, from OTAs and, and minicamp and, you know, areas that uh, maybe were a bit of a surprise and maybe some areas that, that could use a little bit tinkering. We hear about Marcus Peters out there. Um, we'll see where, what, what happens with that and that, and that secondary. But uh, uh, So that's what I'm working on for Sunday is, is what did we learn from Raiders OTAs and minicamp. There you go. Well, we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Vinny, we definitely appreciate you as always, my man. Uh, have a great uh, weekend. Enjoy Father's Day, and we'll talk, again, uh, we'll talk again soon next week. Likewise. Happy Father's Day to you, brother. I appreciate you. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, our guy. Raider Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate. Of course, you can catch them 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Lindsey Brown and Clay Baker. Clay is on vacation. Lindsey's out of town, so the morning tailgate's actually taken tomorrow off. So Vinny will be back with us on Monday morning at 7 a.m. here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Right now, I said JT left some tickets behind. Let's give JT's tickets out. Let's give JT's tickets out. <laughs> we got a pair of tickets right now. We're hooking you up with Power Trip all three days. These tickets are valued at $6.75 a piece. And I don't mean $6.75. I mean 600 
and $75 a piece. October 6th, 7th and 8th, the Empire Polo uh, Club, home of Coachella, Indio, Cali, Three Nights, Six Bands, Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica, and Tool. You want to be there. We got you right now. Call it number nine is what we're looking for, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Got to give a big shout-out to Jonah. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets to Power Trip. It's happening October 6th, 7th, and 8th. Empire Polo Club, home of Coachello and Indio. Three nights, six bands. Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica, and Tool. All three nights are going to be there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun, and Jonah's going to go. And don't worry, we have more tickets on the way. I just gave out JT's tickets. Look, if you leave something around me, I'm giving it away. I live by that motto, Ari. I don't know if you've heard me say this one or 100 times. If it ain't free, it ain't me. So if I see something that's free and it's laying around and it's not claimed, I feel like, well, I got to give it out. What, what would Craig do, right? Craig would want <laughs> me to give it out, right? Yes, sir. I mean, you know, Craig. Oh, yeah. If I don't he, want to deal with that. I don't, wanna, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear about smoke. it. <laughs> I don't want that smoke. No, Craig does a great job getting us a bunch of great prizes, but uh, JT left them behind, so we'll go ahead and give those out. And I got a pair of tickets also we'll give out a little bit later, probably in the 4 o'clock hour. So make sure you stick around for that. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll have the ladies of Twin Peaks uh, in the building, uh, in the studio. Matter of fact, Ari, to your pleasure, they're already here, and they brought like four bags, ginormous Ooh. bags of food. That's wonderful. So three bags is what you're saying. Yeah, because I'm sure DeMond's already got one. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know how DeMond rolls. I do because ESPN is right there next to the studios right there where right. you need to be. It's exactly, perfect. exactly. So I'm sure DeMond's already on that. But uh, we'll have them in studio in just a few minutes. I did want to hit up a couple texts real quick that we got on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And anytime throughout the course of the show, you can always chime in. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q, happy Thursday. My take on DC is that I'm not taking his quotes personally. Nothing changes here. Most importantly, he's a saint now. Like you said, Q, we've heard so many times, it's on me. I'm so over it. I wish him well, as he was a first-class professional during his time with our Raiders. Just the thought of D.C. makes me want to drink heavily. LOL. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. So I already know that drinking heavily, you have no problem with. (laughs) You have no problem with that, and that is okay. Also got hit up by my man P.E. in North Carolina. He said, what up, Q? No. D.C. is who we thought he was. This is a classic D.C. He's giving himself an excuse without saying what the reasons are. Same thing as last year when he cried at the press conference. As my man P.E. in North Carolina. So just a little response to Derek Carr telling uh, whoever he was. uh, I don't remember the name. I I feel bad that I don't remember the name. Uh, Brett Martell from the AP, but it was in the Review Journal. So there's that. You figure that out. But uh, he basically said they didn't get my best, and that drove me crazy at the end of the year because I felt so spread out in so many different ways. I just didn't feel like myself, and I feel bad for the Raiders coaches and the players. He self-described regression in 2022 wasn't a matter of effort or desire, he said. Rather, it came down to his approach to a mix of professional and personal challenges, which he regrets, but from which he's also grown. So there's that. 255 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to the young ladies from Twin Peaks. They got uh, Miss Twin Peaks competition going on. We'll hear all about it. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.